City Jazz Sessions is about great music, arts, and entertainment. We are located in St. Louis, Missouri, and available to performance art lovers worldwide. Follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. You can email us at cityjazzsessions at gmail.com. Good afternoon, everybody. This is another edition of City Jazz Sessions. Today, along with my co-host, Leon, we are going to have a chat with Mr. Joseph Hanrahan. He is the artistic director of the Midnight Company. Joe is a playwright. He's a director. And he's done a lot of great things. Um, so check him out at the Midnight Company. Dot com. So, Joe, we're going to talk about this production you got coming up. Tell us about it, this thing called St. Louis Woman. Yeah, it's a, um, a, a new show. It's an original show. Uh, I wrote it. Um, it is a play with music, and it, uh, it's a one-woman show. It features um, Leica. Uh, many people may know her as, as a singer. That's how I was introduced to her. Um, uh, she saw some of the theater work I did. We liked what each other was doing, and somehow a collaboration began. And uh, this concept was uh, developed, uh, St. Louis Woman. It really, uh, we think, is a unique concept, and it it honors some of the great, great women that came out of St. Louis and produced world-class music and dance and poetry. Leica tells these stories. She sings. She dances. She tells the poetry and we think it's going to be a, uh, a very uh, exciting and entertaining and educational show for uh, for folks even though somewhat steeped in st louis history awesome so i said this thing but you know what i'm thinking right now is this is going to be a big thing especially for Leica and st louis and yourself and the artistic uh, audience here. So I'm looking forward to it. Leon, what do you think? Uh, well, you know, for me, I, I don't do a lot of plays. Um, but I think it's, a, I think it's great. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, as, as we continue to focus on um, art in St. Louis, I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, more things develop. So um, tell us a little bit about the thought process that went into uh, selecting this play, uh, 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 Joe, and, and, and you know, what, what was the birth of it? What was the genesis and, and how you got from there to a finished product? The play was really uh, sprung out of my admiration and desire uh, to see if there was any place to work with Lake. I admired her talent so much. It wasn't so much a desire to tell a, a story about St. Louis or its music or its women, but it's more, I, I want to work with this person. She's so good. And um, she uh, she wanted to work with me and learn some of the stuff I, I, I could do about theater. So uh, it, it's been a slow process. We've been working on it for a long time. It's a new play and it needs and deserves all the care that time, time will take. Um, we, we've chosen the woman. We, we've 
we've developed the stories, we've chosen the music uh, that we're going to uh, uh, put forth, and we've worked very closely on this together. Uh, you know, I'm the writer, but Leica has been an editor. You know, she has great story instincts and and um, and, and great sensitivity to the sometimes delicate uh, subject matter we're dealing with. You know, these women were, that we're dealing with, they're they eventually went on to conquer the world, but they, they grew up uh, under many harsh conditions. I had a lot of things to struggle with. And because of that, we, we also think this show is gonna be kind of inspiring, not only to kids, but hopefully to everyone, uh, to see what uh, these women at many, many stages of their lives had to uh, overcome to, uh, to reach their goals and success. Excellent. So um, one of the things we've tried to, to have Joe on before, and we've had some difficulties, and we appreciate Joe's patience, and he's yeah. come back with us yeah. to talk about um, the play. And so we, we first want to say really appreciate that. We appreciate your patience. Um, so some of these questions I have posed to him before, uh, but because we lost all of that material, uh, and I think it's pretty important, we're going to go back through some of it. So, so Joe, um, you decided that you wanted to collaborate with Leica and stage performance as far as musicals and stage performance as far as plays go, um, there's a different skill set that's necessary. So I'm guessing that Leica's skill set needed to be, needed some help to get her to the point of where you felt um, it was stage ready. Yeah, especially because uh, she was tackling a couple different areas of performance that she'd never touched before. I mean, she's a singer, and she is a fabulous singer. And I think her 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 song talents are going to be seen and appreciated in this show as much as, as ever because she's singing songs from so many different eras and so many different styles. Uh, it's really remarkable, and her singing is really great. But also, she'd never acted before. And so, uh, but we, we knew what kind of story we wanted to tell. We knew there was going to be a performance per se. So we've worked very closely on that. Uh, uh, Leica did something as an actor, which I'd never, I'd never seen before. It probably has happened. I'm sure it has, but I never encountered it, but it just showed her work ethic and her determination. Uh, she uh, recorded on an audio device on her phone, um, all of our rehearsals so that when she'd go home and she'd listen to what she was doing, she'd listen again to what I was saying and she helped develop her uh, her stage performance that way. And then dancing, of course, she's got it. She's a natural dancer. She dances for fun and she dances on stage when she sings, but she'd never been choreographed. And there were a number of dances in this show that these women did that we needed to show the very specific style of the dance. Uh -huh. We had a great choreographer, a woman named Ashley Tate of the Ashley Leon Dance Company. And she worked with Leica. They took video of it. Leica has worked very hard with uh, Ashley and herself to perfect these bits of dance. So uh, I, I think it's a growth exper experience for Leica in these different areas and uh, doing a big show like this by herself. And, and it is a, a new experience and growth experience for me, too. I've never, all of the theater I've done over many, many years have been straight plays and comedies. I've never really touched music uh, in a play. And, uh, but I, I'm really gratified uh, that I'm able to do this one. So are you looking forward to, you know, possibly doing more of this type material or was this kind of a one-off? 
No, I'm 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 going to I'm going to do more. Uh, you know, I, in in uh, preparation for this, I saw Leica do her cabaret shows a number of times. I saw a number of other cabaret performers. So I am delving into that area uh, next year. These shows aren't announced yet, but next year I'm creating two original cabaret shows that'll be seen in the at in the at the Blue Strawberry in uh, 2023. Okay, yeah. and so yeah. go ahead. Did you have something more? Well, yeah, speaking of Blue Strawberry, the first time I heard Laker sing was there when uh, guitarist Ryan Jackson from New York came here and she came out and she got up on stage and sang a song. And what blew me away was the song she sang because I didn't, I hadn't fit that into her genre, but she sang Fly Me to the Moon. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, that's different. But I like that kind of music, you know? Yeah. So she definitely has versatility and variety in her repertoire. It'll be illustrated in this show. She goes from classic tunes about St. Louis women, Frankie and Johnny and St. Louis blues to the gospel of Willie Mae Ford Smith, the variety of songs that uh, Josephine Baker song, uh, sang from the, the remarkable French song, J'ai Do Amour, which was Baker's signature song. And Lake, when Laker sings that, it is a voice right out of the 30s. It, it, it transports you in time. Uh, Gersh, she'll sing a Gershwin tune, and then she'll finish with uh, the first act with Josephine Baker's a song she did at her final concert. It was a magnificent concert in Rome, out of Paris, four days before her death, paid for by Jackie Kennedy and Princess Grace, her friends. And she mm -hmm. sang, uh, had a big concert, and the song we're going to do from it is uh, her, her just march-like version her strong strong version of bob dylan's uh the times they are a changing uh, which was a you know right up her alley of protest and civil action and then the next act we'll get a little more contemporary with tina turner and um uh ann peebles and uh fontella bass That's and, of course, uh, and of course and of course lakin knocks those out wow so what do you, what's your projection? I mean, I know you really just get started, but um, how long before you see her on Broadway? <laughs> uh, I, I think it'll be a little while. Leica seems to be very happy in St. Louis right now. I think she's very in a smart way and uh, deliberate way. She's, mm -hmm. uh, she's building her, uh, her reputation and her bag of tricks. And I think this show is a, it's going to be a major addition to that, but she's, uh, you know, you know, in this last year, she's, Popped around in New York and Las Vegas and Nashville to appear, and I think I bet I'm, I'm sure she's going to be continuing that. Sure, sure. I think she has great business sense as well. Yeah, you know, when I first started working with her, uh, we first got I, I, I had a good notion that she'd be able to handle this show because I got the impression that she was very smart and very hardworking. But I was underestimating her. She's very, very smart and very, very hardworking. Right. So it sounds now, like we have a team here. Yeah, I think we've got a good team on this. Okay, Leon. Oh, no, so so I know you you've. She would not have been the first new person that you worked with. Does your how, how does your style of uh, preparing a performer? Uh, do you think is first? Let me try to understand what are some. What do you think is some of the different styles? that directors use in order, in order to prepare someone to go on stage? Well, you know, a couple of very distinct ones, and there's a whole a wide variety of things that directors might do. One thing I try to do, and I think, you know, certainly helpful, because any actor 
when they start a play, they're new in a sense. They're, they're doing a new character and a, mm-hmm. a, a new setting and new words with new people. So it's, it's always a little unnerving, even if an actor has got a lot of experience. But I always try to uh, prepare the, the movement, the traffic, and the flow of a show very carefully. So when I walk in on a first rehearsal, and I had this with Leica, even though she was one person, I said, Leica, you will start here. At this point, you will move over there. At this point, you will move over there. And I, I'll do that for whenever I block a show, which they say putting that show up on its feet. Uh, now, there are other directors. I mean, a style that I don't like as an actor or a director, but you run into a lot of directors that on a first rehearsal, they just say, well, you know, get up and start talking, move around, see where it feels good to go, you know, follow your, follow your instincts. And mm-hmm. I, I think there's, you know, some value in that, probably certainly with certain groups and certain plays, but that's not the way I like to do it. I like to have things carefully thought out uh, for any kind of show I prepare. Okay. So where did you get your feet wet in directing? Um, I, I didn't get into college per se at all until I, I, into theater until I was in college when someone asked me to be in a play, but I very quickly took to it and really start doing things. And very early in college, uh, I think I, I wound up minoring in it. And part of the process was directing a show. So, um, I, uh, I, I jumped into that and directed one and, and I, I've probably done more acting than directing over the years, but, uh, but I've certainly uh, done my share of, uh, of both. So what do you think it was that person saw in you that made them invite you to the play? Honestly, I think because I was small. The play was, the play was You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. It's a musical based on the Peanuts cartoon. And it's a okay. great, great little thing, but I think we had a fairly short cast and I, it may have been that. <laughs> so you physically fit, but it worked out. It did. It did. I mean, we had a good, good show. My first director, who I worked with for several shows after that, was very, very good. Taught me everything I needed, you know, in my first few shows. And, and you know, the uh, the sound of that applause is uh, is pretty addictive. I bet. I bet. Yeah. So, th- yeah, that's that's something that, that has interested me. Why, why live theater ra- rather than, um, you know, taped? Why do you why do you prefer that medium? Well, I, I don't prefer it. I like both. But the, the fact is, uh, it takes a bit of money to, to do something on film that looks decent. You know, a, a stage production, as you may have noticed in the St. Louis area, there's a lot of them, a lot of them pop up. You can you can you can uh, get a stage production up on its feet uh, within a month and and tell the story um, that you want. I mean, a, a cliche about theater versus film is that in film uh you see a lot of visual storytelling i mean a lot there's a lot of things where characters don't talk they'll they're either driving somewhere or they're you you see visual reactions to tell the story in a play it's all about dialogue so that especially when you're dealing with a a a topic like a, a social topic or even a personal topic uh, you'll have the time uh, to to see um, a lot of uh, I mean, to watch and uh, and to follow the story with a, lo- a lot more dialogue and back and forth and insight than you might always get on a film, which is more visual and action oriented. But you know, I do like to say that theater is three D and HD too. Hmm. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So about the music, uh, are these musicians you're working with here? Um, Guys, are you familiar with pretty much? You know them well. 
they're guys that Laka does well. They uh, they back they back her up pretty regularly. Um, we have a, a, a our music director and keyboard players uh, Corey Patterson, and our uh, drummer or I should say percussionist is Gabe Bonfili, and they're they're both doing remarkable work. They have to play a variety of styles. Gabe plays everything from rock and roll drums to African drumming, and uh, and uh, Corey on his uh, keyboard, which can generate a lot of different sounds is is generating a, a wide array of uh, and, and they know Laker well and they're able to uh, I, I think work work with her as a you know on these on these songs and in the performances sure now sure. what I know but uh, some of the things that I've heard as far as production goes you know you're um, the, the crew that you put together was this a large crew uh, you know, considering the size of your production company, was this considered a large crew to to pull this off, or was this just, uh, you know, within the a, a no. smaller production? I guess. Yeah, even though it's a one-person show, it's it's a bigger crew. We have two two musicians, and I, as you know, I haven't done much music. We have a, a guy named Michael Perkins who does a video projection. There's going to be slides behind Laika and video that will kind of help illustrate the story and the settings for the story. Uh, we have a lighting designer, of course, lighting is critical and a production manager who has to help put the whole thing together. Uh, we have a woman doing double duty. Uh, uh, Liz uh, Henning is an expert costumer. She's also gonna stage manage. And uh, we're putting the last couple pieces in place right now, a sound engineer to work with her uh, as the show progresses and a dresser to help Laika backstage with the costume changes. So it's a it's a sizable crew for us. Okay, okay. So now just give us the uh, the schedule and uh, tell us about the a little bit about the venue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is going to take place at the Dot Sack. It's a beautiful theater. It's on uh, Locust, and it's on Locust uh, just west. Uh, I'm sorry, just east of Grand. It uh, it it's where Locust Dead Ends heading towards Grand. So it's kind of a semi cul-de-sac sack block or two. There's plenty of parking. It has its own parking lot, and it's a very safe area. There's not a lot of uh, street traffic, so you get to park right in front of the theater. And the Dot Sack, it's a, a, a big building, a farmer, a car dealership. I understand uh, there's offices there now. But on the first floor is the theater, and it's a uh, it's, for us. It has a various size. I think it's going to be a 100 seat theater, and uh, uh, in the lobby is a fully functioning and open bar that will uh, you know folks can get refreshments before the show and at a, a intermission. And for our Sunday matinees, if people are interested, it's in the building in the lobby is a little restaurant called Turn T U R N Turn, which specializes in breakfast and brunch. So that'll be open on the the uh, day of our two Sunday matinees. We have two Sunday matinees on the. Uh, the 9th and the 16th, but uh, for the general run, we run from the 6th to the 22nd, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays at 8 o'clock with two Sunday matinees, and uh, tickets can be purchased at um, uh, metrotix.com, and I'm sure there'll be some, if you just forget about that, there should be some available at the door. I was going to ask that. Yeah. So so one of the questions that, that I had last time and, and that I remember is, um, what is the live action or the live um, entertainment scene like here in St. Louis? Well, if you ask entertainment, it's, you know, it's just enormous. I mean, you, the music to start, there's so much mu music choices every night. Um, theater is, uh, is, is bubbling again after the, after the pandemic, there's a lot of theater in town. I mean, we have the, the big ones, you know, the rep and the black rep and the Muni and the Fox, 
Um, uh, and, and, and then there's a big, big group, many, many I'd say 30 or more, uh, it's hard to tell at one time, huh, theater companies that are all producing or on the verge of producing. And these are medium companies who do musicals, who do uh, uh, kind of contemporary adventurous stuff, who do classic stuff. Um, it, it's a, there's a lot of energy and a lot of talent in theater here. We have a couple of challenges, though, in terms of being an uh, entertainment scene when it comes to theater. One is the lack of coverage. I mean, this, that's why I'm so grateful you guys are talking to us and talking to us beyond just the timetable because we just don't have enough coverage. We have some critics, but as you know, the Post-Dispatch stopped printing uh, reviews. So that was the one review that kind of, I think, made some difference in tickets for us. But, but uh, there are other reviews, but mainly theater people read those. But there's not a lot of other coverage. I mean, I think an art like theater needs not only a review, but it needs some perspective to help guide the audience as to what's happening and where it's happening. The, the other challenge we have as a theater community, and we may have talked about this the last time we did, was uh, unlike New York or Chicago or maybe a couple other cities, um, you have to drive to see theater here. A real theater town, I think, that can thrive is a place where you can walk there or uh, or take a cab, you know. But uh, in St. Louis, you you got to drive everywhere, and that's that, that hurts theater a little bit, I think. Yeah, it probably hurts music too, but. Uh, uh, yeah, somewhat. Somewhat. Yeah. I mean, theater is a little more of a. Yeah, a little more total, intimate. Yeah. Total destination. I got to be there then, and that's from you know. And I have to. Uh, music is a, hopefully you know. I, I like it. It's somewhat of a drop-in thing sometimes. Yeah, but I, I'm, uh, you know, somewhat. You know, I, I saw a concert last night at the uh, Stiefel, and it was packed. It was oh, packed. Wow. Full house. So as as a as a theater company, you don't actually own a venue. No. No, we uh, and we we do have been a little more regular at the places we've been playing the last few years, a couple of Kranzberg spaces and a place called the Chapel. Those are where we've been doing our shows. But in the early days of this company, and this is our 25th year, in the early days, we traveled all over. We did shows uh, in bars, in um, uh, abandoned brewer abandoned breweries, warehouses, in churches, in TV studios all over. Judy Newmark had a comment when she was the post-dispatch writer and critic about our company. She said, the Midnight Company recognizes that theater is an art, not a building. But it does hurt uh, the people who follow us a little bit. You know, folks can't always rely where we're going to be. They have to kind of keep their eyes open. So, so with, I, can't, I think you mentioned that there were 30-something production companies? Uh, at least, yeah. Uh, so that, that has to create some level of competition, in uh, some level of collaboration, which side does the St. Louis scene fall on? Competition, absolutely. You know, the, the, the collaborations at the lower levels among the actors and technicians who maybe work with different companies and know each other. And, and certain people have, uh, and I, there's a couple companies that I've worked with and there's been some collaboration, but for the most part, uh, it, 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 it's, it's competition because uh, we're all fighting for the same small audience. And uh, we're all trying to grab a share of mind and trying to catch the attention of people to, to come to our show. So uh, the, the groups tend to get a little insular and kind of defend their own territory and, uh, and then, uh, you know, in their own way, go after their audiences, all, all trying to survive. So it's, it's not collaborative enough. And we may have mentioned last time, although I may not go on as much of a rant as I did last time, but, you know, I was always hoping the... Uh, You'd hope the collaboration would stem from the top. And I, I think a couple of the top theaters 
could do more in terms of helping spread the wealth, spread the uh, the word about the theater in town. Because I think any any person who gets interested in theater, it's good for all theaters. So if we can if we can get people to our folks and say, hey, there's a lot of other interesting stuff going on, I think it could only be for the best. So with companies doing trying to do different types of productions. Um, uh, I'm sure that each production company doesn't always have all of the talent that it needs to pull off a production that they'd like to do. So what do they do in those cases? Well, you know, every company will either audition or, or start, you know, um, combing the, combing the, uh, the streets for uh, the types of people they're looking for age, you know, whatever gender, Sometimes um, but there's a lot of, a lot of talent in town. And so generally um, a company, uh, you know, if they have, have auditions, they will, they will get enough people to fill a cast and whether they're the best people, you know, that's all in the casting, you know, and it's like uh, sometimes they're great. And sometimes folks, you know, these companies who are kind of insular will fill a cast with some friends, you know, uh, but uh, but but generally, there's uh, there's enough talent to kind of fill the fill the spots, even though it may not always be the right talent. So St. Louis, a um, uh, couple of I think, the, well, as far as I understand, the big players are uh, the Fox, the Muni. Um, how how receptive are they to organizations that are smaller, that that put on productions? Uh, well, I, I think they totally ignore them. I mean, there's I mean I, I I'm not sure with other groups, but you know, I, I, I do know, and I, I talked about this before, but uh, I, I've, I've tried to lure, you know, the artistic directors of not just the big, but the medium companies to my shows. And I'm sure everybody does that. We're all trying to build audience. And uh, theater people are very reluctant to kind of leave their their kind of castle and uh, and, and visit anyone else. Um, so it's, it's uh, you know, I think every theater company says we just have to fight so hard for what we have. It's we can't afford to to really uh, do a lot for anybody else. Yeah, that's a shame because it's not quite like that with music. You know, guys say a lot of more mutual support, you know, come to each other's gigs and things like that. Yeah. It's more yeah. of a, almost a club, like, you know, the guys hang out. But now yeah. you're, you're on your web, website, midnightcompany.com. Yeah. When people go there, is there a way they can follow you? or Is there a newsletter or something you send out from there? Um, not, not really, you know, we, um, um, we just kind of build each show a piece at a time. We do have a, 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 a mailing list, uh, that, uh, anybody who buys a ticket to one of our shows goes on that mailing list and they will get notices about shows in, in the email. Um, so folks can always be added to that. Um, and our website is basically a history. It has a history of all of our shows. It has our scripts on there. It has some video, um, and also has, a. Uh, uh, it has a new section talking about things coming up that may be beyond, you know, the, just the immediate future. It also has a blog that I would hope folks would visit from time to time where I write about the state of uh, St. Louis theater and kind of give my opinions. Well, share some of those. So, you know, we've talked about uh, the collaboration and, um, you know, things starting at the top. What are some of the other um, things that you think would help improve the state of, uh, theater here in St. Louis, in the St. Louis area? Well, I, I believe uh, two things immediately, and they both are kind of out of my hands, and it's really easy to blame the media or the press. But 
we, we need to have uh, more than just reviewers. We need a couple of reporters. And you'll see an occasional article like in, in Go Today, Go Magazine and St. Louis Magazine, uh, Go Magazine and the Post-Dispatch, there's an article in St. Louis Woman by Calvin Wilson in which he talks a little about the show and interviewed Lake and myself. We need a lot more of that. And we also need some courageous reporters. Uh, you know, I, I think people deserve to know uh, what companies are doing. You know, they need to have an, uh, an educated opinion about this company's doing this, it's moving this way, it's moving that way, it's going forward, it's going back, it's trying new things. Uh, the audience needs to see these theaters and the, the people with them as personalities. You know, in, in terms of catching this attention, you know, I always used to think St. Louis, the only stars here were sports stars and newscasters, but nobody watches TV anymore. So the stars now are sports stars and the, and the restaurant people. The restaurant people have their own magazines. They got all kind of columns about them and their personalities. And they, they, they talk about the direction of their cooking and their new styles. And, they, and that's exactly the kind of thought and concern we need for theaters and the, uh, the personalities and the kind of work they're trying to do. And then the second thing is, and this is a very simple thing, and I actually tried to get the rep to do it once, was, uh, you know, if either of you are, say either of you are visiting St. Louis this weekend and you think about going to a play, there's not one place in town where you can go in the media and see the, a list of plays happening this weekend. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can search one by one and just ask questions on Google or whatever, but there is not one place that lists theater. I mean, I know RFT lists music and, you know, and there's maybe a few other things here and there like that, but uh, that's really sad that no media will do that. And I, I asked the rep to do it at one point. I said, you got a program the size of a Bible. Give us one page, you know, just give us one page that'll talk about the theater coming up in the area. I think you owe it to us. So uh, those two things would be a great, great start. It would just broaden broaden our audience. And I think the broader the audience would get, I think the, the more the theater companies would tend to say, Hey, you know, we don't have to, we don't have to like undercut each other. Right. Right. It wouldn't be so selfish. They'd be more collaborative. Yeah. And, and, and that's something I find, uh, I guess I find interesting. It, it, I don't know, has social media helped the, um, Yeah, it, I, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. It, it right now, and I don't know how we did it before, but social media is maybe the, the only medium uh, in which we can sell our theater. I mean, none of us can, except the, the big guys, can, uh, can uh, afford radio advertising or TV advertising or print advertising. That's what the big guys do. Right. Uh, but none of us can. So, but in, in Facebook, there's about half a dozen local groups that are all uh, theater related from auditions to just fans to just kind of different th critics, different pages uh, with a lot of different. So, uh, you know, I think most theater companies just tend to hit those pages real hard and say, here's what's happening. We're, we're coming up, watch for this. You know, we all do some a little mailing of our own of different kinds. And uh, I'm a big fan of old fashioned postcards just cause you could have one in your hand and you meet somebody say here, take it. Um, but other than that, um, uh, you know, I, I think those, uh, you know, those media things would help collaboration, certainly. So uh, sure. is getting sponsors for a particular play, is that a part of some of the things that, that you're doing to try to defray some of the costs of these? 
Uh, we we actually, for the first time, are because of Leica's reputation and her fans and her past sponsors. Uh, we are we're uh, uh, inviting some sponsors in for this show. Um, most theater companies uh, that ha will will sell advertising, mm -hmm. which is a, a, a really significant fun, uh, income raiser for them. They will sell ads that will go in their programs and you see them and that, that adds to their revenue, certainly. But um, sponsors is something new, new to us, but, uh, but we're, we're hoping that it'll, that'll help the budget on this show. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess as a, as a small shop, uh, people have to double up on roles and responsibilities. Um, well, certainly responsibilities. I mean, I'm a I'm a one man band here with my company, so I'm producing the show and I'm doing the marketing and I'm directing. Yeah, but uh, so that's why you try to bring other talented people to fill in in those other roles. Yeah, yeah, and you know, certainly when it comes to big shows, I mean, double casting is something that even the rep has done. You know, someone plays two or three roles to save cast money. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at the ticket prices and I'm thinking, wow, a, a big production, it would be hard to, to make a lot of money uh, with these prices being fairly reasonable. Yeah, I, I think the prices are very reasonable, you know, compared to some other theater companies in town and other entertainment opportunities. You know, there's a kind of a rule of thumb that uh, unless you're a big Broadway, you know, hit, uh, there's a rule of thumb in theater that if, even if you sell out, it only pays for about 70 percent of your costs. Uh, so that's that's why so many theaters, you know, go after uh, government funding and grants and that sure. kind of thing. And that's that's what they need to, like, uh, meet their budget. Yeah. Have you been successful tapping into those government funds? No, I've never tried. I, I am one of the only for profit theater companies in town. Everybody else is not for profit. But what that means is I don't ask for money. Oh. I uh, I consider it a privilege to tell the stories I do to present present the plays I do. And uh, so I, I, I use my own money to, uh, um, to do that. Uh, we always try to break even. Uh, I've only made money on a couple of shows in 25 years, but it's, it's uh, always been affordable. So uh, uh, Joe, I don't know if, we, if you have uh, any real control over that, but your light is kind of escaping and you're just slowly receding into the dark. I know it is. Uh, let me see if I can get some light on me here. Okay. <laughs> That'll work. That's going down. Impro yeah, improvising. <laughs> that's that's the way to go. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, so anything else that we need to know about this fantastic one woman show? Uh, we know Leica personally since she works with us, but what what else can you say about Leica? Uh, I, I think I've, I, I've, I've said a lot. She um, yeah. um, has worked so, so hard for this. She is, it's a, it's a one person show. When we, when we first started, uh, talked about it, I, I kind of like uh, tossed it off kind of uh, easily because I've done one person shows and I thought, Oh yeah, sure. you can. But then I think as Leica has come to grasp what it is, she's realized that she's kind of like, <clears throat> gritted her teeth and jumped in. Um, I, I think she's going to provide a, a, a distinct a distinct and different personality to all these women and their stories. But at the same time, as one person doing it, you're going to see uh, the, the unity, I think, of, uh, of what we're calling a St. Louis woman. You know, it's kind of a special place. And, and the people who came out of here um, had, to, had to fight for... Um, 
fight for their success in spite of, or sometimes because of it. Some of the hard times that that's, that pushed these women, I, I think, uh, may not have happened the same way elsewhere, and so it, it pushed them that way. Um, but I, I, I do think at the end of the show, what we're hoping uh, is going to happen is there's going to be a, a real new appreciation for a, a side of the of the arts that came out of St. Louis, the, the women that did it and, and the paths they had to take. And I think uh, maybe for the first time, they'll be identified as such. So we, we think it's a, a, te- a show not about only about great performance, but about, but about the city and about the people uh, who lived here. And, you know, I, th- I think our city is looking for a little bit of a rebirth. And uh, you know, one, of, one of the best ways maybe to go back and see some of the, uh, the, the greatness that uh, the city stems from. Yeah, well, let's just hope it has that effect. Yeah. Yeah, so part of part of any kind of community is that uh, you can develop talent and everyone is ambitious and they're trying to, you know, further their craft. So losing talent to larger markets or, uh, you know, different environments, you know, what, what is that like here in St. Louis? Do, do we tend to maintain... Most of the people that we raise, um, you know, oh. that we bring that teach that craft, or are we losing them to um, oh. markets well, outside I, of? I think we've lost them. I mean, a lot of these women we talk about, they look for the first chance to get out at a certain point and do their stuff. Uh, we've seen a lot of other examples of people who've left. And I, I'll tell you, I mean, uh, when I've talked to younger actors who say, "Should I move? Should I go someplace? Chicago, somewhere?" To, I'll, I'll, I'll say. Man, it's, it's tough, but you can be the best actor in St. Louis. It's like being the best downhill snow skier or the best surfer. There's no mountains here. There's, there's no waves here. I mean, the careers and shows and companies, I think they reach a ceiling and stop here. And they, don't, they go nowhere else. They don't break out. Um, and that's somewhat, somewhat due to the press, I think, you know, and somewhat due to the... Uh, uh, I don't know if we're going to go into the long-standing city tradition here of city fathers who have kind of always kept uh, a firm hand on St. Louis and not not wanted us to get really too far out of our place, you know? Yeah. Wow. The, uh, one of the, th- the things that I think we talked about before was the the difference in, you know, seeing a play in New York and seeing a play in St. Louis, um, you're going to see a different um, – they're going to present it differently. They're going to take more risks. Um, and we're more conservative. Is that, is that pretty much consistent? I think so. And it's typical probably of the two cities. It's not that you'll only see conservative work here. I think there are groups, younger groups, especially different groups who are doing some interesting, innovative stuff. And that'll always happen. But, uh, but in New York, you'll see a broader range. You'll see some stuff that'll just knock you out, drive you crazy. In <laughs> the, uh, uh, for good or bad. I, mean, we did a, I directed a show this summer in July called Rodney's Wife, and uh, it was written as a, a play without intermission. But as we got close, we saw this play is running an hour and 50 minutes. We think we should have intermission. <laughs> we got permission from the playwright to add an intermission. But I, you know, we t- as we talked, we said, in New York, you can expect, you can expect that. You'll go see a show and Sit, sit there for two and a half hours, no intermission. It's just the way they're doing it. And they have, you got to expect that because folks want to push the envelope there a lot. They can do it a little bit here, but they're not going to get away with it much. You know, we have, uh, we do have uh, audiences used to more traditional fare and, and uh, 
uh, and, and if you're going to come up with something different here, it better you better have the the reason why you're doing it. So I I I, I did go see a play in uh, in in New York, and one of the things that I noticed is uh, New York has a play district. They have yeah. a, you know they have a place they they've got off Broadway, uh, they've got Broadway, and yeah. you, there's great restaurants. Like you said, within walking distance, you can walk to the restaurant, you park your car or take the train downtown. Uh, you go to a great restaurant, get something to eat. You, you go see your theater and then you can have after dinner drinks. Um, mm -hmm. Do you think that that hurts St. Louis? I, I oh, Of course it does. Yeah, of course. Uh, the closest we're getting, I mean, I, I think the Kranzbergs are trying real hard to do that because right in the Grand Center area, there's like a, three small theaters, two of which I work at regularly, plus the Fox and the Symphony. And there's art art places, uh, Jazz St. Louis. There's uh, the Grandel, but there's 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 certainly not enough uh, uh, bar and, and food kind of uh, services in, in the area. We, you know, I, I think it's slowly developing, but but we, we could use quite a few more uh, to kind of try to get some of that energy. I mean, at one point we did get that energy. I don't know if you guys, uh, did we talk about uh, music at the intersection? That happened a couple of weekends ago, man. That was a spectacular event with a lot of people and a lot of people getting along really, really well. So it's it's possible here, but you got to uh, you know offer the right stuff. So you, do you think that um, um, that the uh, theater industry in St. Louis would um, benefit from connections with other entertainment genres, such as you know, in this one case, it's uh, music. Um, uh, maybe working with uh, there. There are several documentary um, companies here. Um, you know, do you think collaborating with those guys might be a help the the, the theater industry here? Well, I think it would always that would certainly be interesting. It would sure you know spread the uh, dynamics and spread the uh, awareness to different people. I myself, I've been looking closely since I've been working with uh, some dance companies and uh, watching them and having them work with us too. I mean, that's a serious thing I've been looking at is uh, um, you know collaboration with a dance company to tell a story that way. But but on the other side, I am I am verging into that that new cabaret kind of uh, arena with uh, with shows for that and that's uh, uh certainly a, a music theater kind of a combination that's, that's going to be kind of different i think so um oh I, the question just popped right out of, popped into my head and popped right out of my head um what what are already you got something to, to bail me out there warren well yeah i was gonna he just said mentioned cabaret so what how would you describe uh, the cabaret scene compared to what we have here? Oh, I think there's a, you know, a, a active cabaret scene, certainly. I mean, Blue Strawberry leads it, but there's also uh, cabarets presented at uh, the Dark Room and some, uh, some other spaces in town. There's a lot of singers and they present their own shows. And then the cabaret, I mean, they do bring in a lot of folks from out of town to fill up the place at Blue Strawberry, but there's local folks too. Uh, but but uh, certainly at Blue Strawberry, there's a wide, wide variety of shows from local kind of things to national star actor uh, performers coming in, uh, comedians, magic, all kind of stuff. And so uh, um, I, I think it's rolled it along pretty, uh, pretty nicely. And as folks continue to get out of the house, and uh, I'm hoping they'll be drawn to some of those things as well. Okay. So, so you've been yeah. doing this for, for 25 years. How many more? Uh, another 25 easily. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Right. So what are, what are some of the what are some of the uh, goals for you and the production company as you continue to move forward? Um, I, I just hope folks come to see uh, the work we do. That's uh, that that's really all I hope for. Uh, and you know, people talk about support in in the arts. You know, I. I I don't like the idea of that. You know, I mean, people people in say in the theater community they might support their close friends in a, in a play, but I don't really want people to support what I'm doing. I want them to come because it's good. You know, I try to tell good stories and uh, interesting stories, new stories, and so um, if anything, I mean, in terms of growth or you know, getting, I would just hope more and more people kind of at least get the word about the shows we're doing and give them a shot. Now remember the question that I had. Okay. Uh, and I will make this probably my last question. Okay. Um, with the advent of the, the cell phone, um, live performances now have become uh, recordable. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. is, has that been uh, a benefit to the uh, performance arts or is it something uh, bad etiquette? I think the only, only, um, advantage uh, phones have been to the uh, theater community has been able to uh, they've been able to take photos of productions that the theater companies that can then send out to the press but uh, I, I haven't seen any other i'm sure that there have been some phone plays and little things people have tried but you know other, other than as other than as a prop in uh, in the play or you know a sound effect in the play you know the most the most effect theater had you know, phones have in theaters when we announce at the beginning of a show hey turn them off everybody turn them off <laughs> and right. put and them that's, away that's kind of yeah. what i was talking about is you know yeah. uh, someone going to a play uh you've you've worked real hard to put this production together you want it it's designed for live um consumption and now they're you know sitting in the back you know taking pictures or taking video and they're you know they're they're kind of sharing your work in a way that you didn't intend it to, to share. Uh, that doesn't happen really too much. No. Um, and, and there's a specific rules against it. If you're doing an equity production with equity actors, you you cannot photo uh, or, or you record. I mean, I, I think the only folks you'll really see in an audience who are trying to take a show pictures of a show while it's going on are mothers. You know, to get their kids up there. I don't. I don't think anyone's trying to record the show. Of course, though, video did make a big impact on theater during the pandemic with the, sure. with the Zoom plays. But I, I, I you know, I, I, I think you'll find it very hard to find any theater people who say, "Yeah, I like Zoom plays." Those were those were just not just not the right medium. There, that was neither fish nor fowl. It wasn't a movie. Wasn't a play. I don't know. I don't know. I did a lot of them, but I don't know what they were. <laughs> yeah, All right. Well, you know do have bootleg apps where people can watch movies where somebody's sitting oh, yeah. there with a camera. Yeah, I know, yeah. The video is crap, though. I, you yeah. know, it's it's not right, and I wouldn't even enjoy it anyway. It's not yeah. worth <laughs> No, I just, I, I, one, of the, one of the things, uh, you know, people uh, want to get into theater. There, there may be people that want to get into theater. Uh, what are some of the things that they should know um, about getting into theater, about being a part of the play community, um, and you know, challenges and rewards. Well, I, I think if anybody wants to get involved in theater in St. Louis, it's very easy. You just get in touch with somebody and say, I wanna help. Now there are audition pages 
uh, it, both uh, there's a STL auditions and then there's an audition page on Facebook where you where companies are looking for actors, looking for backstage. I saw on Facebook today someone say, "Hey, our show's starting. We're looking for ushers to volunteer." And you know that's a great way to start with theater if you don't quite know what to do. So you get to see theater for free because you're ushering for them. And I think that's one of the important things. If anybody wants to get involved with theater, it's getting involved with a company where you're comfortable and you kind of respect the people. Uh, but, but no matter what someone's looking to do, just get involved or, or act. Um, even if you start at a, you know, a volunteer level, you know, you, you, if you like the company, you find out when auditions are, you can go in and audition and theater people are pretty good about helping you. If, they, if you're really getting started for the first time, if you've never done it before, theater people are pretty good about saying, you know, look to do this, look to do that, try, try this kind of thing. But even if you're a first time actor, there's plays that are, you know, community theaters that are just looking for people. And if you're, you know, a, the, the right, uh, you know, you're a six foot four man with white hair. Oh, we were looking just for you, you know, whether you've acted or not. You know, you got a part, you know. Gotcha. Or if you're a smaller guy. Yeah, exactly. You know, just just don't, 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 uh, you know, keep your posture bad and you might get cast. <laughs> wow. Okay. There's hope for me then, huh? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I think uh, there's almost anybody could with with the uh, work and the right guidance can can do something in a play, you know, and can enjoy it and can feel good about what they're doing. It just takes, you know, it takes work and practice. You know, that's all just like anything else. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that about it. Leon, I'm I am done Warren. Enjoy the conversation with you, Joe. And uh, once again, we appreciate your patience and coming back and uh we wish you the best of success thank you very much i really enjoyed it but hopefully we don't have to do this on a weekly basis well i was <laughs> oh, thinking no. i was thinking but, you know, but somewhere down i would love to have you back again though yeah. oh i'll be I'll, i'd love to come back uh, you know anytime especially when i get involved get in these uh cabaret shows i uh, can't wait to talk about them i can't yeah. tend to talk about them now but sometime when you when you get you know where you want to talk about it uh, yeah. Let us know, and we will try, definitely try to make a space for you here. Um, Excellent. Thank we'd you. like to see St. Louis. You know, we we feature St. Louis artists because we know there's a lot of talent here. There's a lot of good music. There's a lot of good plays, a lot of good things to see in St. Louis. And we want to make yeah. sure that that uh, has a place. So if the, if the uh, St. Louis Today, the Post-Dispatch, and the Fox aren't ready to do it, then maybe it has to start from the ground up and, and we'll get on their radar somehow. Good deal. Yeah. So thanks a lot, Joe. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Take care, Joe. See you later. City Jazz Sessions is brought to you by St. Louis City Jazz, a 501c3 company dedicated to music education and appreciation. The CEO is Magic Man 50. And for more ways to connect with City Jazz Sessions, visit cityjazzsessions.wixsite.com slash St. Louis. The City Jazz Sessions team includes host, content director, and guest coordinator, jazz great Ronnie Barrage. Follow Ronnie at ronniebarrage.biz. Host, website designer, graphic artist, content director, and guest coordinator, singing sensation Leica. Discover more about Leica at leikamusic.com. 
Additional production services are provided by Lion's Den Productions. Go to thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home. Please like, share, comment, and subscribe for more great content. Thank you.